0: Okay, generic promo reads.
1: Yeah, it's the second tab. There's a tab in the spreadsheet. Spreadsheets have tabs. I don't
0: know how to use spreadsheets.
1: Right, there's tabs. So you have to click the tab, and then there's a second tab, and then that's how you spreadsheet. There's a tab? Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast about how to be a grown-up gamer and still go to work and get sleep. With your hosts, Cody Goff, Hello, here is hell. And Jonathan Martin. You're going to be my meat in my Jonathan sandwich. Check out our website at gamelifebalance.us, where you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, YouTube, and more. I'm Chris
0: from Nerd Alert News, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to right now, the opinions expressed are those of the individual host. Check out all the other great podcasts at gunnageeknetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, one i'm jonathan this is cody we are uh, we are the hosts of the game life balance u.s podcast a lifestyle podcast about sometimes about video games oftentimes about everything else right
1: yeah so, what yeah we're gonna everything else today aren't we
0: yeah there's a good chance of that
1: on on this in just on this Saturday morning during which we're recording, which I have to say this is not my fort forte it's forte no this
0: is not your matt forte no this it's, n- it's not my fort right it's not you are especially on the weekends.
1: You drag yourself out of bed at like 11 o'clock most. Days. The fact that I'm awake before noon is a minor miracle. Also, why my voice is so throaty and man-like. That's a thing. That
0: should be a thing that that kind of uh, convinces you that you need to podcast more frequently in the mornings then. I, on the other hand, am a morning person. Probably not by by genetics. I don't think that... I think I just kind of developed into being a morning person, especially after having a kid. Uh, but especially then also after waking up to go to the gym and play video games really early most days. I think I've just kind of I've kind of morphed into a morning person. Well you actually do sound way more energetic than usual. That's because it's the morning and I have coffee. I'm I am my best self in the morning. So when we record at night, I'm just not my best self.
1: Yeah, but I'm throaty and man like. But I do right all now. of the work anyway. So we like we were saying It's
0: probably better for me to have energy than for me not to have energy. Because when you have energy, you don't do anything different than when you don't have energy.
1: But as Chris has pointed out in the chat, throaty and man-like are two words that I have now said three times. And you've not – it's just gone – Away. yeah that's because I, I don't really know what you're getting at so I re- like dust in the wind like dust in the wind I, I think that I hope I'm throaty a man like when I win the bluffing game and I have to receive something from you I will I will give you
0: whatever I can for you to receive yes okay I don't know how I feel about any of that um I was gonna say when we started off this podcast before we started talking about how manly your voice sounded I realized The other day, like two days ago, when I was at the gym in the morning, because I go to the gym very early at like 545 in the morning, I realized that I think I'm the gross guy at the gym in the mornings. What? Like that gross guy. So I I was running and I was looking around and, you know, the only people that are going to the gym that early in the morning are like professional older people and like young super workout people, right? I'm neither of those things. So, I'm just kind of... That's just the time that I can go. And I looked around, and all, the, all of the guys... There are no, like, professional adults, normal-looking people there at my gym in the morning. It's all, like... The dudes are, like, super ridiculously buff, and they're, they're doing weights for, like, three hours at a time. And the girls are all these, like, tiny little girls, all wearing yoga pants. Uh, nobody's sweating. Nobody is sweating at all at the gym, Uh, When I'm there in the mornings, it's just me that is disgusting. So I'm like on the treadmill and I'm on there for 10 minutes and I'm I'm literally like saturated already with sweat because that is how much I sweat. And I look around and everybody is just looking like beautiful. All of the women have all of their makeup on already at like 545 in the morning. All the dudes are like you know, ultra muscular and they tight shirts. And then there's me and there's me and I'm just like dripping sweat and I'm dripping sweat all over the treadmill and I get done and my treadmill has like pools of water on the bottom of it. And I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm the gross guy. I'm the guy that people look at and they're like, I don't want to get on the machines next to that guy. Or I don't want to get on the, the machine after this guy to like do my exercises because he's literally going to leave all of his sweat all over everything.
1: I don't believe anything you just said. It's all, I swear to God, it's true. I've not gone to a gym in the morning in such a long time. I can't speak to how anyone looks. But I do know that in the weight room at my gym, I looked around one time and I, I counted something like 30 guys. And there was one that I looked more fit than. And it wasn't even a little close. It was everyone looked way more fit than me. It wasn't. I need to look at these guys for a second and think, ah, uh, am I in better shape than that person? Uh, no, it's like you immediately look and I'm like, oh, there's another person who is in way better shape than me and I hate him and that's everyone.
0: Yeah, and the, like all the guys in my gym are the kind of standard gym bros. They all have like sleeve tattoos or they've got like a barbed wire tattoo at the top of their arm, that kind of thing. I mean, that's like, that's the the type of gym that I'm at. So it's just, I think it's just that is the kind of neighborhood I live in. That is the kind of gym that I go to. And that's just the crowd that's there in the morning. I bet if I went after work, I'm never going to get to go after work just because of the way our schedule is set up. But if I ever did go after work, I bet there'd be like a, a more normal assortment of people there. Walk by after work
1: and look inside and just see your heart that, and see if that makes me feel better about myself. Yeah, but look inside your heart. When you walk by, not the gym, then look inside the gym and This is act accordingly. This is
0: the perfect time to record because <laughs> you basically are the same as you always are. Right? So this is this is actually perfect. You are not
1: doing anything different than our normal yeah. recording <laughs> sessions. Yeah, this is nothing. It's the exact same as it nothing. always is. I'm always exactly this low energy. Hey, no, you- I'm not even I'm not even low energy, guys. Look how awake I am now. We could do a radio program on the Saturday morning Game Life Balance US Podcast Special Holiday Spectacular Extravaganza.
0: But I just don't feel like it. Hey, you and me were in the same spot uh, last weekend. You and I. You and... Me, me, me was in the same spot last. No,
1: I used the right grammar. Me was in me the same. Me was in spot. the same spot yeah. as yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, on this episode. Now that we're done talking about John's disgusting, I'm, glimmering I'm body, gross.
0: It is disgusting. And my
1: throaty and my throaty man voice. I think. I think we have either attracted our first female listener, Ooh. or permanently terrified any females from ever listening to any part of this podcast. There's more likely that, way probably more likely that. that, probably more likely that. But um, yeah, we last weekend we were in Madison. that's how you pronounce. Is that how you pronounce it? it? Yeah, it's weird. I
0: haven't looked it's at. Weird. I haven't looked at where the accents fall in that word. I guess
1: no one ever looks at the etymological dictionaries for that. But it is pronounced that okay. way. No, I believe you. And mm-hmm. so we were in Madison because our friend now has a house for the first time because we are adults and adults in this day and age occasionally begin procuring houses. That's how that uh, works? At at this level of experience points in their journey throughout life. And he leveled up to the point where he had had a house and he loves board games like many of our, our childhood friends. And was like, hey, let's all play board games for a weekend. Much like MartinCon in, in later in the year, only we weren't forced to see a terrible movie, X-Men Apocalypse. That movie was awful. Also, he's a single guy that owns a home,
0: which means he's got a a I would say, a larger amount of disposable income than, say, a married couple like, like Casey and I with a child. So he has a lot of board games. A lot of them. I, and then we, I don't... Th- and then we have another I don't
1: make, that correlation is completely false. You had like no, not 500 at all. not you had at all. like 500 video games that you sold
0: before I that was before I had a house and kid though. No, you had a kid? I I had stopped I have stopped buying video games at the rate that I did a long time ago, though. You had stopped... Those, a, were all, those were all remnants of when I didn't have a family and a house.
1: You had stopped accumulating them, but when you sold them, you, went to, you, you used the money to buy a gaming PC. Yeah. You could have bought board games. Yeah, I, I could have, but I didn't. Right, so I'm saying you're wrong.
0: Also, we have another friend who lives in Madison as well, also a single guy, owns, owns a condo, also has a crazy amount of board games. Who's a close friend of ours, we've talked about him before, that's Max. And so he brought a ton of his board games over too so to Madison Con. So board
1: game weekend. We had a lot of board games there. Except that it wasn't, because here's the weird thing. Our friend Ryan, host of Daryl TV on Twitch TV and more or less certified psychopath, he brought his entire PC which is not a small PC. It's a big PC. Very very large, tremendous. We're talking we're talking like an actual desktop. Like he brought his entire actual desktop, Yeah, and, to and his monitor, and he set it up and in, well, he's not that big of a board gamer really. No. Um but, so he played Overwatch a bunch of the time, which is all anyone in the video game world ever talks about anymore. Did you play it at all? So that was my first experience with it. So
0: Blizzard uh, it's a Blizzard game, creators of World of Warcraft, Diablo, that those And universes. Hearthstone the worst game ever made. And Hearthstone. And the past two games prior to Overwatch were free games. Hearthstone is free to play. You can you can spend money when you're in the game, but it's free to play. And Heroes of the Storm is the same. It's free to play and you can spend money in the game. So I had kind of tooled around with those a little bit when they came out. I played a lot of Diablo 3, which was like six years ago or five years ago or something like that. And then Overwatch came out last year, and it actually cost money. So it's the first game Blizzard came out within a while that's cost money. So I I just, I didn't buy it because I also didn't know anybody that was playing it. Now I see that Ryan plays it all the time. Sometimes our buddy John plays it. So I had never had any experience with it. I had, all of the gaming podcasts that I listen to have talked about it a lot. It's a first-person shooter. It's Blizzard's like first-person idea of a first-person shooter it's really fun it's like super good did you play it when uh when ryan headed out no i did not i did not i i um you are not paying attention at all to me are you you're t- you're you're doing something you're
1: literally not paying attention to me i literally tweeted and i quote for the first time ever eat play game played overwatch last weekend tune into our podcast live to hear about it as I you're, listen wait, you're to you're
0: live, you're live tweeting the
1: podcast. That we're, I we yeah to that get, you're that you're a part of to get views and viewers. This is how marketing works. You are the expert at it's this. It's literally should, how marketing works. We got we had two viewers at one point until you started talking about your glistening sweaty body and now we have one. Oh, that's sad. So, <laughs> what can you do? But. And uh, you know, and throwing on a hashtag overwatch will probably bring all the boys to the yard. I bet we'll get a second viewer just from the hashtag overwatch, so but, is
0: everybody talking about overwatch
1: everyone, are they still that's talking all about anyone it? ever talks about every gaming link I see, everything on Reddit, like all anyone seems to talk about is overwatch, and what you said is that it's a free game like Blizzard has no, it's not Bl- that
0: you obviously were not listening to me. Yeah. That's what I said is it was not a free game I see it's I their cut first out. Game.
1: I cut out. I said you said it's like a free game, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. what Blizzard does. Because you were like, "Oh, League of Legends is free." Oh, I is literally free. didn't,
0: literally didn't mention League of Legends at all. Yeah, did, but did, you mentioned the other game. It. I don't remember what exact game you did. I was just talking about Blizzard games. I was saying that in Blizzard the is past- League of Legends. Here's the story. Okay, I yes. am so
1: sorry. I got my two mobas mixed up because I've ever played one. Do I sound like Bill Maher right now? (laughs) And that's when the Democrats think that that's the way to go. There's my Bill Maher impression. That was really good.
0: That was really good. I thought he was here for a minute. Yeah, he was. I thought we had Bill Maher as a guest. Bill Maher sounds
1: exactly like David Duchovny. I don't care what anybody says. He kind of looks like him a little bit, Yes, you close your eyes, and I I can hear him saying something about David Duchovny. Actually, uh, in our chat, Clone Freak 1 says, The glistening body brought me back.
0: So, oh, nice! See, look, I'm getting us viewers. I'm helping get us viewers. Um, yeah, actually, no. Bill Maher does kind of. Although I don't, I don't think I've seen David Duchovny in anything since X Files. It like, doesn't literally. matter.
1: Just listen to Bill Maher. Turn off the sound and think David Duchovny. And that I haven't no, listened. Don't don't to not turn off Don't turn off the sound. Turn off the video. the sound is all right. Hello. Good morning. It's Saturday. This is Game Life. <laughs> to US. All right, I I was listening to what you were freaking saying and then US asked me if I played Overwatch and I said no in the the re, like I can't I live in an apartment in Chicago. I have a good amount of space. I have all the space I need, but the way my physical living space is set up is there's essentially two rooms. That I live in in my life. I have my well, large... You know, I mean, you you live in Chicago, so it's spaces. You have a lot of space, but space is still at a premium right. because it's a city. Right. I live in a, a nice large master bedroom, and then we've got the living room slash kitchen. If we lived in New York City, this bedroom would be the size of our entire apartment. Right. And it would still cost twice as much because New York City is dumb. Sure, or San Francisco,
0: or one of the other crazy expensive I mean, by comparison, Chicago is one of the less expensive cities to live
1: in, actually. Yeah, but, but, but especially compared to New York City because New York City sucks. You got this. Wow, you're just crapping on New York City today. Okay, that's cool. No, if we want to have that kind of day, I'm fine with that. Chicago is greater than New York City. Not greater than or equal to. Chicago is objectively greater than New York City. Okay. I have a rivalry. Okay. With New York City.
0: Apparently, I didn't know that, but this is it seems like it might go might go deep. It's be, okay, it's because so
1: every superhero is in New York City. Other cities need superheroes. Why don't other cities get superheroes? And in Los Angeles, no one cares if anything happens to Los Angeles. An earthquake is gonna come and destroy everything. no superhero can save that except for maybe the rock, which he already did in a movie. He did save it. He actually punched he
0: actually punched that earthquake in the face in that movie. Yeah. I saw that movie in theaters. No, Very you didn't. No, I did. My wife loves disaster movies, loves them. Regardless of how awful they are, we have to see every one of them. This includes like alien disaster movies. So Independence Day 2, we saw that in theaters. <laughs> it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's every every single disaster movie that comes out. I'm not even kidding you. So yeah, we saw, what was it, Aftershock? What the hell was it called? I can't even remember what it was called. Is it doesn't, Aftershock? It, I don't it know. It was so bad, but it was also kind of fun because Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he can carry a movie by himself easily. Easily. <laughs> yeah. He he really can. So yes, we did see that movie. So
1: your wife loves disaster movies. Is that why she watches CNN? ha ha ha! You don't have cable anymore.
0: Overwatch. We were talking Overwatch.
1: Right. You were talking about how Hearthstone is free and how and League how of Legends love made a billion dollars last year despite being a free to play game. Or in 2015, despite yep. being a free to play game. I remember that conversation happening.
0: Literally said none of those things.
1: Well, no, I didn't play Overwatch. And uh, anyway, uh, what I was because saying because about- you have
0: two rooms in your house, you were saying you didn't play Overwatch because you have two rooms in your well, apartment. What I was saying does- about
1: the space in 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 my my place in Chicago, which again is wonderful and perfectly enough for me, is that it, the the main my main gaming TV does tend to dominate the living room, and whatever I'm playing my girlfriend's going to be exposed to and she does not care for first person shooters so i know coming out the gate that if i played overwatch or tried to play a call of duty or halo game and i'm running around shooting people and getting headshots and things that's not going to go over well and i don't mind limiting quote unquote limiting my video game repertoire to games that that she finds acceptable because most of the games i'm into are Deep, rich fantasy settings like The Witcher or Final Fantasy XIV or other games in that genre. Or that Final I, Fantasy Fifteen Final with fantasy... all of
0: the with all of the roadways. Yeah, very rich. Yeah,
1: to to a degree. Um, but but uh, I am not limited much in my gaming. But first person shooters are a thing that's just less conducive to my lifestyle now, and that's okay. And and I have actually thought about it too. And like back in the day when I played Halo Four, for example, I would like get home. Have dinner or whatever, and then play Halo Four for an hour or two, and that was i mean I'll play like five, six hours a week or whatever, and it you have to do it to get good at a first person shooter to understand the maps and the strategies and and the guns and things like that. If you want to be any good, you kind of have to play a bit of yeah. it and it's it's like i just i don't have the time investment to really do that now granted that's also true of Final Fantasy fourteen, if you get to the higher level raids, but i haven't even cleared the heaven's word content yet so there's so much in that game that i'm not even going to get to the the content that's really difficult that you have to practice and coordinate until many 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 hours from now so uh well that was a really long way of saying that i'm not really that interested in first person shooters anymore the
0: thing the thing i will say for overwatch and this is something that i had heard before i even saw it is that it kind of it's kind of like a cartoony version of a first person shooter. And it does have, I mean, it does have all of the normal first person shooter elements. Like you, every, I don't know if every character has got a gun, but like the characters have guns, but I don't know if any of the guns, other there's one character maybe that shoots actual bullets, but everybody else's gun shoots like, like I was playing as a gorilla whose gun shot lightning. Like it, it and it, for being a first person shooter, it seems like the least violent first-person shooter that I that maybe I've ever seen hmm. which is which is cool Um I, like I really liked that kind of cartoony really stylized aspect of it that was really neat and like one of the characters was shooting these orbs of stuff and they were just big orbs that went throughout the map and like another character had a had a bow and arrow that was just a bow and arrow and he would make a dragon come out that flew across the entire map
1: <laughs> All right, that's kind and of like cool. like
0: yeah, like none of that and it didn't, you know, it was it had all of the trappings of a first person shooter but it just didn't it just didn't seem that violent, which was really nice. Okay,
1: all right. I'm sold. Uh, I will I will pick it up since it's Blizzard and it's free. It's free to play and I'll just buy the free didn't, game. It's not true. It's I'll, not free. I'll buy the didn't free things. game Overwatch and I'll play it a bunch around my girlfriend and see if she's if she's into it. Literally never said it was free. That's okay though. Um and the reason the other reason I didn't play is because I brought my PlayStation 4 to Madison because Will has a PlayStation 4 but I have the digital premium edition of Final Fantasy 15 so it's saved on my hard drive
0: which we've talked about multiple times on this podcast Final Fantasy 15 that is right
1: and since he's got since he's got his hooked up I can just put mine on top of his and just plug the plugs into mine and there you go and John hadn't seen Final Fantasy 15 and really nobody had and there was some post-game content that, again, it's so funny. I spent an hour trashing the game in my in my brutal review that's yet to be posted. And now the post-game content is... Well, I shouldn't say that. Some of the post-game content I found really pretty fun, actually. I'm like, all right, cool. Finally, I got to something fun after 80 right. hours. But then there's all these optional dungeons. And I played a couple of them at Wills. And they're so boring they're so that's... tedious and repetitive uh-huh. and not like literally the dungeon is fight a battle run down a staircase fight a battle run down a staircase fight a battle run down a staircase that's literally every post-game dungeon there's nothing interesting about it there's nothing interesting And since you can use items at any time, I mean, you saw it, like, basically the whole time, all I was doing was getting my Armager bar filled up and then going, like, Super Saiyan and flying around to the point where you have no idea what's going on, right? Could you follow what was going on? Uh, No, not at
0: all, but I have no idea how the systems in the game work, so from the moment that you turned it on, actually, I could not follow what was going on. right. It sure looks really impressive, though.
1: Yeah. So then, so then our other friend, Russian John, who's also been on this podcast, he's sitting there and he's like, well, Do you have the ultimate weapon yet? I was like, No, I don't have the ultimate weapon. He's like, We well, got to get the ultimate weapon. You got to get the ultimate weapon so I've got I, I'd upgraded you can upgrade a, a handful of weapons in this game and I'd upgrade a one called the engine blade and he goes all right well you need you need a, a, a sturdy horn from a spiral corn you got to do this hunt you you have to do you have to have a sturdy horn right so I so I go to this restaurant because you go to cafes in the game because that's such a wonderful fantastical aesthetic so I go to the 60s diner with the fat sloppy Joe chef who gives me a hunt with no backstory because they're too lazy to hire the writers from Final Fantasy 14 to give any depth to this game. So I go and I killed some unicorns, which is, you know... <laughs> sometimes when I play the game, my girlfriend will be like, are you just killing innocent animals? She's asked me this several times. That is about well, half the game. Well, the answer game. is yes. That is about half the game. So I go and kill a bunch of unicorns, and I go, I didn't get the item. He's like, oh, you have to just do it over and over again. So John is now on a quest... To get to Russian John's now on a quest to get me to get the ultimate weapon. So I do this. This hunt- is a thing,
0: this is a thing John does as well. John is John is even more of a completionist in video games
1: than you are. Oh my god. When he and I were trying to get every trophy in Super Smash Bros. Brawl, there's a trophy right. where you have to beat the boss rush mode on the hardest difficulty. And it's really hard to do. He and I played it for three hours straight. Just the boss rush, which yep. is eight minutes or something at the very most. At the very, very most. It. Yeah, we just did that over and over for three hours and then did it again the next day. He, we're, he's super, super obsessive about some of this stuff. And I can be too, so it actually works really well when we're doing co-op. And now we've revisited our, our common hobby with FF15. So so I'm doing this hunt over and over and then finally get the item bring it to the guy to upgrade it, do a bunch of other stuff, and then I pick up the ultimate weapon. The ultimate weapon's attack is half the attack of my best sword. That doesn't seem very good. (laughs) So I'm just like everything that's bad about this game that I complained about in my review has been completely justified and reinforced by this stupid quest that we just. Because that probably took you like two, three hours to do that, right? No, this it only took me about an hour or so. Once he once he identified that I had to target the horns on these things, like you can target parts of some monsters' bodies, and I had to okay. target a, a part of its body. Then I actually dropped the first time I tried that. So it's like a half hour, forty five minutes. Okay. But still a grind and dumb. But anyway, um, so I ended up playing some some FF15 and doing some post-game content while you played Overwatch. So coming all the way back around to the board game weekend, yes, it was still a board game weekend. But it was more game-heavy than, than MartinCon is usually. Although you did play a game with Russian John at MartinCon. What were you guys playing last year? We m- played Vermintide quite
0: a bit. At Martin Khan last year. Yeah, what is which was that a, again? Is that, it, it is was a like it's basically Left for Dead in the Warhammer universe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to hear about Martin Khan or our other board game exploits, go to Game Life Balance US. And if you click on any of our posts, you can click on a search bar in the side of our website, and you can search board games, any Final Fantasy game. Probably Overwatch. Well, we don't talk about it, but you search like Blizzard, Hearthstone, any of that stuff. You can you can find our past content. And John and I have been podcasting for five years now. Five six years something like that. So yeah. we've got between our last two podcasts, all of which are on our website. There's like a hundred fifty some episodes, hundred sixty some episodes of of content. Some of which is really, amazing. Really, simply, amazing. simply amazing. Huge. Tremendous. So
0: we so we did play. Uh, a couple board games. At least I played a couple board games. I think you, you at least played one because you were there when uh, when I well. So when I first arrived, you guys were playing what looked like to an outsider one of the most boring board games that I've ever seen. <laughs> the board game was called Churchill, and it was it was a game where each player took on a different superpower during World War II. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, and it looked. Again, from an outsider, I'm sure it was a wonderful game it but it looked incredibly boring, like there were like literal pictures of like Winston Churchill on the board anyway. This is not a commentary on Churchill. Maybe you can talk about that later. so you played that, but then one game, and I think the only game I played with you was a game that neither of us had played before, but it was a game called Terraforming Mars, and it was a game where. The object of the game, we were all corporations and we were literally terraforming Mars. And there was like a map that you're doing stuff with. And basically, you're buying cards which create an engine to make you get points. So you like try to find synergies with these cards that you buy that are randomized at the start of every turn to create the best synergies that you can to get the most points in the game. And it was super fun.
1: I really liked it a lot. Yeah, I loved it. The publisher is Fricks Games, F R Y yeah. X. I never heard. I had of never
0: heard of. I had never heard of the company. I had. Um, I had never heard of the game, but I'm kind of. I'm, I'm much further out of the board game scene than I used to be in. But it was really cool. It was a really cool board game.
1: Yeah, uh, and to give the listeners some perspective, John is John plays games like Twilight Imperium, which are eight, ten hour. That's like a ten, ten hour game, right?
0: It can be longer. Yeah, it's very long.
1: Right. So super intense. I mean, John does the board games. He's the board. Ga- he's played all tremendous, huge board games. All the board games. I am a more casual board gamer. My favorite board games are my favorite, like kind of Monopoly, higher... Scrabble. No, that's not true. That uh, is... Sorry, you really like to pop the little bubble and go. Sorry, I do love like this. Sorry. No, no. I like Seven Wonders and the Belfort and a couple other ones that are are still more advanced board games with lots of rules, but for some reason I'm able to kind of wrap my head around them a bit better. And this game I loved. So if you are a strategy board game fan and... You're not so hardcore that you're playing eight and ten hour games, but, but you are interested in the higher level, the, the kind of beyond the casual Monopoly and Scattergories tier of board game. Terraforming Mars, I would highly recommend. It came out in 2016, so it is newer. Um, and I loved it because it, it, it it, it's exactly like Civilization or the Civilization series it, to me in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, it,
0: it did kind of it did kind of feel that way uh, there were not nearly as many things going on in like a, as in like a normal civilization right game but yeah i mean it's it's you are building up like a corporation and building up power to do stuff on the planet and then your powers which are these cards that you're playing they tend to work together to get you stuff and right. make things happen faster. So like there was a definite acceleration to the game where the, everybody it kind of felt like everybody started very slowly and then as you created this engine out of cards to get points stuff just started happening very quickly. And then yeah. I thought it kind of I thought it kind of petered out towards the end actually. Uh but yeah, it was it was excellent. It was a very good board game. And there's nothing wrong with being a board gamer like you. Like 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 I would not call some of those board games that you mentioned like Belfort. That was that's not a casual game at all. Um it's a it's a shorter-ish game. It's like two to three hours, but it is not a casual game. There's a lot to that game. Um, so I think you like... I think you do like some more complex and complicated board games. I think it's the time investment, maybe, that you're not super
1: into. Right? Right. Well, no, I don't mind the time investment. I don't I don't mind playing longer games. Uh, the first time we played... Like, we played Rune Wars, for example, also. We played that together, also. And I like Rune Wars, and that can be a two or three hour game. Rune Wars, right? We didn't play that over this last. We didn't play that at. Uh... Not Rune Wars. Chaos in the old world. Chaos in the old world. That's what I meant. But uh, chaos in the old world is is a two or three hour game. Um, I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind the length of games. We we've played games that that last four or five or six hours. That I that I don't dislike there was one there was one we played at MartinCon last year that I really really liked and it was a super long game I I don't like it might have been it might have been Battlestar because you guys played that I didn't love Battlestar I thought
0: there were oh man I love
1: Battlestar there are too many moving parts there are issues I have with that game and it's I mean and part of the part of the reason I don't like some of these games is because I'm bad at them and that's just that's straight up how it is and sometimes there are so many... You are pretty terrible at that. There those. are so many rules in some of these games that until you've played five or six times, it's impossible to really know a good strategy. Churchill was kind of like that. Churchill is a three-player game. You play as either Russia, the UK, or the US, and you... Your characters basically have these conferences to pass policies for various reasons, and... um, my girlfriend just brought me coffee. She is the best. She's literally the best. Um, but you pass these policies to, uh, to, I don't know, to do war stuff. And then you, you place some units and try to, I don't know, you fight World War II. It's, it's fine. Um, and, I, like, I, I did really poorly. But it's, you read The Winning Conditions. Do you remember The Winning
0: Conditions? They were insane. It was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. Like, you would never, I don't know if you'd ever be able to commit those to memory.
1: Oh God, no, no. There's no way. No, the winning conditions were literally something along the lines of if the if the player with the most points has fewer points than the second and third player combined, then the second, the player, second player wins. wins. Which was how you guys ended the game. Your second player won the game. Is that what happened? Yes. You don't yes. even know who won the game, did I, you? Well, I laughed. A- le- like, once I started scoring, I had to go to the bathroom or something. I, just, I was like, you guys figured out I'm going to go poop or something. Do you know, know that you won that game? I did not win that game. You're right, you did I definitely did not win that game. But, but literally, and, and then it was like, uh, but if the third player is behind by more than 20 points, and the third player is the UK, and Russia is in the lead, then the UK wins. Like, it, it was literally that crazy complicated. It was really weird. So it was really... before we started playing the game, Max explained it by, you know how certain games like Twilight Imperium are you have to get the most points? Churchill, in Churchill, you have to get the right amount of points. So it's like, how do you strategize not only to try to come up with a winning strategy, but to come up with a strategy that wins just enough towards winning in the right way while paying attention to your, your opponents? And I had a revelation about board games over the weekend, actually, that you might be able to to kind of relate to. I feel like a beginner player at one of these advanced board games has a good grasp of the rules and understands how to play, I mean, basically how to take a turn and play the game. An intermediate player understands a smart strategy to get the most points and to use cards with synergy and to place things the right way and to really maximize their points. And then an advanced player is the player that knows how to do all that and also, while playing the game recognizes what other players are doing and can counter their strategies because in chaos for in the old world for example i did all right with my points like somewhere to maybe half a step below intermediate but you were playing specifically to counter max who ended up winning the game by a ridiculous amount because you recognized and saw that max was just destroying everybody but I was so busy. A player at my skill level in that game was so busy just trying to figure out how to get points on the board. I don't have time to look at what you're doing specifically or what he's doing specifically. So I think that's kind of where I'm at. And I think it's in Seven Wonders. For me, it's extremely easy to play around other players because of the way the game is structured. And in certain other games like Colossal Arena, I think it's really easy. And those are the games I think I'm good at where the barrier of being able to recognize what your opponents are doing and play against that as well as optimizing your points that's that's when you get to be really good at a game i
0: think that's a pretty ac- so i think that's a pretty accurate statement i think it also depends very heavily on the game that you're playing because some games are designed to push you in the direction of countering your opponent kind of automatically so uh, our buddy Blake and i played um I've talked about Star Wars Rebellion, which I, I play with my friend here in Minnesota, which is literally a two-player game where one person takes on the Rebellion and one person takes on the Empire. That whole game is based around countering your opponent as they're doing stuff because it's only two-player. Yeah. So that like that game you you can't play unless you are immediately starting and trying to counter your opponents. A game like Seven Wonders, you can almost play that game without interacting with other people at the table
1: oh i disagree
0: totally well
1: you you, you're right you You, can you you can you
0: can and you can and you can be successful too you can be successful in that game without because it it all depends on what cards end up coming to you in the draft so if everybody is out looking for themselves and they're working on their own strategy like say you're one of those players that's working on just blue cards you're going to take blue cards as they come to you and you'll pass off something else to some to someone else because the blue cards are the things that are benefiting you and they may be working on a different strategy. So tr- trust me. And like the, and like the pantheon of games, it has much less interaction with play- with your other players. Certainly other players at the table that are not to your immediate left and right.
1: Well, I, I, yeah, I get, I get not much interaction built in necessarily totally, but it is, it's designed in a way that when you're pass- when you play a card, you pass your hand to the next person It's really, really easy to screw over the person next to you or to counter something they're going to do. If they have too many green cards out and I have one green card in my hand and not that many great plays, I could block the guy next to me and take five or eight points off of him just by burning a card or playing it on mine or whatever, and same with the the war and the combat. Like you said, your adjacent player is much more relevant than other players, but combat especially. You know, if I've got five combat and no one else has combat, I'm not going to play a combat card. But you do need to. I don't know. I, 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 I agree with you to a to a degree. I get what you're saying, but I think. That again, to get to that higher tier of paying attention to your other opponents, I think it's made easier in games like Seven Wonders because of the way that the the play is structured. But
0: I don't know. So, so my point is that if you're if you're talking about like a spectrum, I think a game like Rebellion, which is all about all about countering the opponent, that's on one end. A game like I feel like Seven Wonders, or something like um, Race for the Galaxy, or even a little bit the Terraforming Mars game that we played are more about creating your own individual ability to score points with less interaction for opponents. Because there's not a ton of interaction on Terraforming Mars. There's some.
1: Yeah, Terraforming,
0: not a, I, I see that. But it's not a ton. And Seven Wonders kind of falls in that similar category with me. And I think something like Chaos is right in the middle, where in order to be successful at Chaos, you have to be both able to balance getting points and 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 advancing your own objectives and be equally cognizant of, of of what your opponents are doing and how to counter them and i think that that's why those games take probably the most work and the most experience with to get good at i think twilight imperium is a similar game where it's very easy to look at what you want to do yourself and focus on that and forget that other players are also trying to do well and if you don't slow them down somebody else will probably beat you right yeah. Chaos is so much the same way. Where you have to be good at getting your own your own faction points and dials and all the stuff that advances you. You have to be very good at that, but you have to be good at slowing down the player that's in the lead because if somebody gets out in the lead and nobody works to slow them down, the way the upgrade system works in that game, it is it is there to incentivize other players slowing down the player that's in front. It just is. That's the way the game is is organized. So if you can't juggle both of those things, you're not going to be, you're not going to win that game. You're not going to have a good time. No, and I think those are the kind of games that are my favorite because they do require more focus on the big picture.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I think you, like I said, I really do feel like you can be successful at a game like Seven Wonders by focusing on your own stuff.
1: Yeah, you can be, but you probably won't be if every other player is good at paying attention to other stuff.
0: Anyway, board games, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and Cody mentioned it before, board games are literally like my favorite type of game because there is such a social aspect to them. I love getting around and playing a game for a couple of hours and just having a good time. It's just, it's super fun. They are super fun.
1: Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, I agree. And I did not win a single game all weekend. No, in fact, you got last in many of them. But Martin Khan is coming up in not too
0: long. Um, you know, as usual, it's going to be over Memorial Day weekend. So you'll have a chance to redeem yourself. Yeah, I know.
1: Now, I, to be honest, I was a little distracted by some stuff going on in Chicago at the time. I was like waiting on some work emails, and it, like, I, I just wasn't. Totally relaxed and able to... Engage. I'm making excuses, basically. It's not my fault that I lost. Uh-huh. Uh, it's somebody else's fault. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, in yeah. fact, even lost Seven Wonders, which I is the one game that I typically beat our friends at, even though they're really, really good at board games, for whatever reason, just because I'm... Because you like that game because you're good at that game. I mean, I like it. It's the only – I mean, it's really the only advanced level that we're talking about board game that I own is Seven Wonders. I would love to buy a game like Dominion and play it, but I I don't have anybody to really play it with. So I I don't get into that. I will say one other recommendation is we played Super Fight with Ryan the last night. Have you played Super Fight? No. I've never heard of it. Super Fight is – I demoed it at Gen Con 2 years ago and I really didn't like it and I thought it's not going to be fun. Superfight is basically there's there's like you have two people they draw a couple cards and it'll be a character or person with certain modifiers and the two fight and everyone else at the table is a judge and they vote to see who would win in a fight. So one of the fights we had was a secret agent with the bottom half of his body is stephen hawking's and he's riding a depressed centaur and he was fighting a supermodel with a barbed wire net and
0: and let me guess you can lobby for your person so, like you have to be able to convince the judges right yeah yeah
1: and this is where the fun came from and i think when oh. i demoed it it just the the guys running the demo weren't that interesting or funny but we got really creative and it ends up being super funny so because you get to be really really creative with it with cards against humanity or something it's just kind of oh the funniest card but like i actually convinced them the supermodel would win by like seducing the secret agent or something like that um so you kind of like write these scenarios and you improvise a lot and it ended up being super fun and because the two players are debating, and everyone else is participating. Everyone kind of participates a, to, at a little bit deeper of a level oh, yeah. than than in that kind of game, so I might get super fight i actually yeah, if you've got friends that are fun or funny or or creative in any way like it it ended up being a pretty cool game,
0: yeah, there are some really good games that are based around kind of kind of role playing sort of in the middle of the game uh and and they actually tend to be. They call them like beginner or entry level games into the board gaming scene because they they have some interesting like mechanics, but they're the the they're simple and they're fun and they're not too complicated for people. So I think we talked about Sheriff of Nottingham before, but if yeah you, yeah, yeah we did. but that's very much the same thing. Where if you ever get a chance to play that and you're not super into board games, play Sheriff of Nottingham because it's all about. Sneaking things by people and trying to convince the sheriff in Nottingham not to look in your bag of of um, improper goods that you're bringing to market—it's super fun, and it's it's just all about the interactions at the table, right? And it, it like those types of games encourage the players to bring whatever baggage they have with each other to the game, which is also really fun. Like that also makes because it makes every every group of the table different when you sit down and play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you bring all of your experience with Russian John to the table, and there's a good chance that you'll literally never vote for his fighter, ever, that he puts up in Super Fight because of the relationship that you have with Russian John.
1: But I, I try to be objective. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. Yeah. It was weird, though. Every time his hand lost, he just yelled, See you in court! So weird. I don't know why that was. Anyway, well, we, uh, I actually have brunch plans after this because you have I have to, go. You, to you're super- busy. Supercharged Miss Saturday, but I would like to end with our our weekly segment, or whenever we do this podcast, that we call Balancing Act, and talk about how we've kind of been balancing games in life. Literally since last weekend at Madison Con, and I'm talking, yeah, a week, a full week ago. Since then, I have not played any console games, mm-hmm. but since I since I I actually played almost 20 hours. No, it was like something like fifteen hours of Final Fantasy fifteen over those three days. Even though I mostly played late at night when when people went to sleep, so I, I got a ton in, and I I kind of like that binge because I kind of binge it and get it purge my system of the need to play games, and now sure. I'm, I'm good for a while. But I did finally boot back up, boot back up because it's the seventies. Final Fantasy fourteen last night, and I'm gonna start playing that again because it is probably my favorite final fantasy game and I freaking love it and I can just jump in and out and it's so incredible. So, so when you jumped back in, was it like, man, this is still awesome. Yeah, it was absolutely. Cool. Yeah. The writing, the writing, the atmosphere, everything. It's, I love it. So you can, you can listen to lot to older podcasts about that, but I want to hear about you. You have something in the next like five minutes. Well, before we finish this episode about fallout four. So I, I, I'm not going to get into it. I think I'll save it for,
0: for the actual time I talk about it. We'll do a full gamer episode on that the next time we record, maybe. Oh, all right. Because I'm done with it. Uh, as in, I am not going to play it anymore. But I have talked about it a couple of times, about how, like, I keep playing it, but I'm just kind of ambivalent towards it. Literally uninstalled it today. I, I got to this point in the story where something happened, and I was so frustrated at how poorly, like, the story was told... In terms of, in terms of just what they were going for, and I'll talk about that and my frustration with it when we when we actually go into like the full game. But I said, you know what, I I I was getting ready to get done with this game as it is. This is just basically the straw that broke the camel's back wow. because this is it's so frustrating how ham fisted it was handled that I just I was I was like, nope, I'm done, done with this. Not going to do it anymore. So I'm going to move on to, to I Need Returns, but. I think I woke up early every single day. I managed to do it every single day this week and get some gaming in. Um, And my wife had strep. So there have been, there's a day or two usually during the week where at night I can come home. We kind of get max all settled in. Um, You know, maybe, maybe I do the bath and everything and it'll be like seven o'clock and it'll be time for Elmo before bed. And, I'm like, hey, can you do bed tonight? Casey does bed. And then I get like an hour or two of gaming in from like 7 to 9 or 7 to 8.30, whatever, before I go to bed. That didn't happen at all because my wife had strep Mm. uh, this week. So it was all Max and me at night. And then once he went to bed, I had to, I kind of had to get coordinated. And I was also just exhausted after dealing with him after work every day. So I didn't do any board or any video gaming at night, but I I think I got every single morning in for like an hour or an hour and a half, and I feel like I got a lot of gaming in, and I managed to be done with Fallout 4, to say I'm going to be done with Fallout 4. So that feels really good, and that by itself makes me feel like I super well balanced my game
1: and my life balance this week. So where are you at? I was at like an eight in terms of satisfaction with how much gaming I got in. I think so, yeah, and the fact that I can definitively say I'm not going to play Fallout 4 again. (laughs) That feels good too. Good, good. Well, hey, we're listen- we're a part of the Gonna Geek Network. It's a network of geeky podcasts with specialty podcasts, from a Doctor Who podcast to an Arrow podcast to just other stuff. And we talk about being on the network every week, and we usually kind of promo the same few shows because they just happen to be the ones that that are posted after ours. But I, I want to spotlight a couple other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network that we haven't really talked about much lately that you should check out on GunnaGeek.com. So there's actually a podcast called Better Podcasting, and it's weekly, usually posts on on, on Tuesdays. And on Better Podcasting, network members Stargate Pioneer and Steven Jondrew share podcasting tips, tricks, and other podcast-related information with the goal of helping hobbyist podcasters make their show the best it can be. And if you're making a podcast, there's a ton of advice to be had in Better Podcasting. And actually, a friend of a friend emailed me last earlier in the week, this week, and said, hey, I'm interested in starting a podcast. I heard you know a lot about it. What are some tips for starting equipment and other things like that? And I just straight up- said, hey, listen to this podcast. Yeah, I straight up sent him a link to Better Podcasting and said, even look at the show notes. They have great advice. It is a phenomenal podcast. And I'm surprised that it doesn't have like a zillion listeners because it's a really well-done professional podcast with very specific tips and tricks. I've actually, in the middle of listening to one of their most recent episodes, which is about self-hosting versus hosting your podcast on a site like or Blueberry, and it was really interesting to hear the pros and cons. Our podcast, Full Disclosure, is self-hosted. So we host it on on gamelifebalance.us, and I've been given advice to either stop doing that or great job. You should keep doing it for various reasons. And Mm -hmm. it was nice to hear them break down exactly why. So it's a really, really great, great podcasting podcast. And one other podcast that we don't talk about much is the Starling Tribune. And that's a podcast dedicated to CW's arrow TV show. And every week reporters, Stargate pioneer Chris Farrell, Neil isn't witty and Michelle Ely geek out about arrow and the CW DC TV comic universe. I need to tell them to change this copy so it doesn't say CW DC TV Comic Universe. That was awful. My mouth hurts. My mouth Perfect hurts copy. having said that. And that's weekly on, on Sundays. Um, we post our podcast Thursdays. Every couple weeks, you'll get a full episode like this one. And then once in a while, you'll get a bonus full gamer review of something i promise the final fantasy 15 one is forthcoming and john will do fallout 4 soon and we're total hipsters because i trashed final fantasy 15 and it sounds like you're gonna be not too hot on fallout 4 that's actually a pretty popular opinion about fallout 4
0: to be honest oh it's not super well received really it's not yeah it has it was not super well received um i am trying to do a better job of keeping track of all of the games that i actually played this year so that when we get to the end of the year i will better be able to do like my top five list because sometimes i have to go back and every every year we've done that i've gone i've had to go back and like look at the podcasts and the the games i've talked about but there's some games that i play that i we don't even ever get to on the podcast and they're not games that i play like to completion but I at least play them. So I'm going to do a try I'm trying to do a better job of cataloging exactly what I play this year. Let's just start just popping a- them
1: on the on the document. We got a Google doc going. Pop it there. I'll make a little section that's like games we've played. I'll pop it. I'll pop it right there. Let's pop it there. Let's pop it hard. Take us out. As usual, I will say, thank you for listening to the Game
0: Life Balance US podcast. Do it in a the British American accent. Ad- Oi, governor. Thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast. the American, Did I do it right? The American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please uh, like, share, and subscribe yeah. if you enjoyed this episode. And leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Wait, Network. Wait, hold on. I'm,
1: Ge- I meant to change
0: this part. Hold on. Okay, you're, we're editing in real time here for the copy. All right, now you go. Can, you can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the WGN Radio or on wgnradio.com. Learn more about game life balance including contact in- information well done. and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. This you can't. You can really change hunt. the copy. <laughs> you can't change the copy in the middle of me reading it and then say, "Oh, you messed up the copy that you're reading."
1: That's pretty not fair, I feel yeah, like. That was really smooth. That was really yeah. smooth right there. Yeah, Well
0: done. Well done. That was uh, that was
1: a that was it. we are now at wgnradio.com. Their website is It doesn't matter. Just find us. But go to the Game Life Balance US. You can subscribe and stuff there. A lot of really really great stuff. There there. is. So many many tremendously great things. And as always... Before before we go, I will say uh, just a completely randomly
0: side note of fun stuff that has nothing to do with our podcast. I read a tweet that somebody's mom because you know parents get on the internet and look at stuff and they don't really know what some of like the kid lingo means and everybody knows what af means right Mm -hmm. that's listening to this podcast i saw a tweet that somebody's mom thought that af on the internet meant meant as foretold (laughs) which now which now every time i see it i read it as as foretold and it makes it better every time so listener to for us to go out just want to let you know every time you see af on the internet read it as as foretold it'll make your day a little better
1: and as always listener i'll see you in court